Welcome to a new show that we have for you called Social Distortion. I'm Rick Phillips. I will be leading us through this journey of social media examination, a little bit of tech examination, really trying to take a look and provide some insight into some of these digital platforms that are helping to improve our lives and sometimes ruin them. But we're going to look at this from all angles. Couldn't do a show about digital and social without talking about AI. We're going to talk about cyber terrorism. We're going to talk about the ill effects that social media has. So as we go down the road, there'll be some topics that you don't know about. There'll be some topics you should know about. And there'll be some topics that you should really consider because they are impacting our lives and sometimes not always for the best. So we're going to kick off with episode one and it is about social media and its negative effects. And the reason that we're starting with it is because today the United States Surgeon General issued a warning about the negative impacts of social media on our children. So welcome to our new show, Social Distortion. We're gonna kick it off with a sound bite of the warning that the Surgeon General just issued about social media. And we'll get into that a little bit. So enjoy, please follow us. If you like it, leave us a good review and share it with your friends. Let's get into it. Social distortion. Joining us now, U.S. Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy. Well, we're living in the middle of a youth mental health crisis in America. And I've said before, this is the defining public health issue of our time. And the reason I'm issuing this advisory is I am very concerned now that social media is an important factor that is driving this youth mental health crisis. You know, I, I talk to parents all across the country and the most common question that they ask me is, is social media safe for my kids? And the truth is when we look at the, uh, the collection of publicly available evidence, when we talk to researchers and subject matter experts, we can't say that social media is in fact safe for our kids. And in fact, what we do see is growing evidence uh, of harms. And specifically, you think about the fact that kids who use more than three hours of social media a day uh, face a greater risk, in fact, double the risk of depression and anxiety symptoms. This is especially concerning when you consider the fact that the average amount of use by kids is three and a half hours a day, when nearly half of kids are telling us that social media use makes them feel worse about their body image. I think about that as a father who has two young children. And I want what every parent wants. I want my kids to grow up confident, to grow up feeling good about themselves. I want them to be able to thrive. Uh, we should make sure that social media is in fact a place where our kids get benefits and where they're not harmed. I've always been fascinated by people. You might say I'm a people watcher, a student of people, maybe even a pop culture expert of sorts. Growing up in New York City during its cultural heyday, I got to see the best of New York scene. And the coolest thing was feeling part of something you knew was special. It was very real, a little dangerous, and always placemaking. And before there was the term FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. Living in New York City was all FOMO all the time, at least for me. It was actually exhausting, but you had to always be in the mix. Everybody was vibing and colliding with each other, whether it was in the park, the bars, the restaurants, the clubs, the galleries, the after-hour spots, theaters, on and on. It was 247 action. 
But people not only experiencing all these places and events that were going on, but more importantly, experiencing each other in the flesh. Whereas I don't think of all of this as an epilogue, the advent of social media has certainly supplanted and minimized the pulsing, visceral, real world for a sanitary, virtual one. In this episode of Social Distortion, we're going to discuss how social media is killing our happiness and even our physical health. It's as deadly to our culture as a fucking inoperable neuroblastoma. The Center for Collegiate Mental Health found that the top three diagnoses on university campuses are anxiety, depression, and stress. And numerous studies from the US, Canada, the UK, you name it, have linked this high social media use with these high levels of anxiety and depression. We spend on average two hours a day there. We don't even eat for two hours a day. Anything we do this often is worthy of critical observation. Anything we spend this much time doing has lasting effects on us. Just like in sports, the highlight reel is a collection of the best and brightest moments. Social media is our personal highlight reel. It's where we put up our wins or when we look great or when we're out with friends and family. But we struggle with insecurity because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reels. We are constantly comparing ourselves to others. In social media, these likes, the comments, the shares, they've become this form of social currency by which we attribute value to something. The problem is that in our social media, we are the product, and we're letting others attribute value to us. This is changing our sense of identity, where you not just questioned your self-worth, but you questioned your safety. But when these micro-moments happen over and over again over time, that's when we have a macro-problem. Oh yeah, sure, it's great to be connected, and theoretically, it should be a great thing. The ability to keep up with old friends or rediscover them if you lost touch, sharing family photos with distant relatives, all that bullshit Zuckerberg manifesto crap. But I would argue that if you're really friends with someone, you make the effort to stay in each other's lives. Like a plant needs light and water, so go our relationships. They need love and tending to. The takeaway here is simple. Technology can't give you more friends. That you have to nurture offline. According to anthropologist Robin Dunbar, the highest number of people you can maintain a meaningful relationship with at one time ranges from 100 to 200, depending on how social you are. And many of us have a lot more social media connections than that. Friendship researcher William Rollins divides friendships into three categories, active, dormant, and commemorative. A friendship is active if you're regularly in touch with this person, if you feel you can call on them for emotional support, and if you pretty much know what's going on with their lives. And then a commemorative friend is someone who was important to you at an earlier time in your life, but you don't really expect to see or hear from them, maybe ever again. As you grow older, more and more of your active friendships will become dormant or commemorative. That's because friendships naturally fade as people grow up. Technology offers us a way to extend the lifespan of these friendships, even long distance ones, with minimal effort. But some of those friendships aren't really living. It's more like they're on life support. According to friendship researcher Emily Langan, any contact at all is the bare minimum of what it takes to keep a friendship alive. So if you write on someone's Facebook wall or comment on their Instagram, you're doing a form of friendship maintenance. Social media allows you to maintain more friendships, but more shallowly. So social media can keep some relationships alive past their natural expiration date. We've heard these stories about the negative impact of social media for a while now. And to think, 
that we should or even want or need to know what some kid you barely knew in high school is up to these days is a total bullshit waste of time. We're actually just all burned out, worn down, and miserable. But why though? I'll tell you why. Because social media is a non-stop pit of perpetual distraction with people on social media living their fake best lives, which we finally realize is all bullshit. That they're just all cherry picking moments that inherently are chosen to make others feel bad about their own lives. With friends like this, who needs enemies? We're growing up in a Facebook, Instagram world. In other words, we're good at putting filters on things. We're good at showing people that life is amazing even though I'm depressed. And so everybody sounds tough and everybody sounds like they got it all figured out. And the reality is there's very little toughness and most people don't have it figured out. So you have an entire generation growing up with lower self-esteem than previous generations. ADD, ADHD, Ritalin, Adderall, all these things that were just strange concepts and strange drugs have now become very commonplace. Without a doubt, social media and the way that we digest our information now has become so rapid. A click, a picture, nobody wants to read. Nobody has time suddenly to read. So everybody knows a little about a lot nowadays. So they're not really experts, but enough for good dinner conversation perhaps, enough for social media, enough to make up 140 characters for a tweet. That's the problem, isn't it? You got everybody just out there writing things that they don't really know about, not spending the time anymore to research things that they're putting out there. It's just a holy mess of garbage. And most of it's fake. I hate to say it, but fake news. And just one of the problems with that is that it's causing real mental and emotional health issues. That can't be good. People that I know actually worry about how many followers they have compared to other people and like if they're not getting as many messages and it just causes so much unnecessary drama, I would say. Followers isn't like what you should be worrying about. It should be worrying about like being with your friends and things that you like to do like basketball or reading or other things. If you are on your phone all the time, you will just tend to feel more lonely, low energy. I sometimes wish that it wasn't a thing so I could just hang out with my friends and play basketball or do other things like that. And look, not everybody that uh, is on social media is circling the drain. I'll grant you that. Even I enjoyed it for a moment or two before I got sickened by it all. But when you hear all of these reports and studies about all of the mental illnesses, anxiety, even physical illnesses, and they start talking about social media as an addiction, that's when you really need to start taking notice. If you're sitting at dinner with your friends, and you're texting somebody who's not there, that's a problem, that's an addiction. If you're sitting in a meeting with people you're supposed to be listening to and speaking and you put your phone on the table, face up or face down, I don't care, that sends a subconscious message to the room that you're, not just, you're just not that important to me right now. That's what happens. And the fact that you cannot put it away is because you are addicted. Right? If you wake up and you check your phone before you say good morning to your girlfriend, boyfriend or spouse, you have an addiction. And like all addiction, in time it'll destroy relationships, it'll cost time, and it'll cost money, and it'll make your life worse. Suicide related to social media is a gigantic issue. Suicide is the second leading cause of death 
amongst 10 to 14 year olds in the US. And the rates have risen in the past few years. Suicide prevention experts point to social media, yep, as among the primary contributors to this increase. We're seeing an increase in suicide rates. We're seeing an increase in accidental deaths due to drug overdoses. We're seeing more and more kids drop out of school or take leaves of absence due to depression. Unheard of. To post curated moments of your life and even the food that you eat just to seem like you're cool or to make other people feel that your life is better than theirs. And whatever the reason is, it's just there's no good that can come of all of that. I really just don't care what your spaghetti looks like, to be honest. And I'm sure deep down, if you ask people, uh, all the people that are liking those pictures, they probably say, yeah, I don't give a shit either. I just hit like, I just tap my thumb on the picture. That's all. I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to give it any great deep thought. It's just click, 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 click. And then I'm part of a community. Ever get told your internet friends aren't real? Let's take a look at what the science has to say. Having friends is incredibly important to your health. I mean, humans are social creatures. A recent study published in the journal Perspectives on Psychological Science showed that those who spend more time alone have a greater risk of dying. Researchers from Harvard Medical School say that strong relationships are every bit as powerful as adequate sleep, a good diet, and not smoking. But in today's digital age, do internet friends count as real friends? Recent research from Stanford University found that when people connect in online communities, they initially trust strangers, but that trust erodes over time. I would say that rather than take pictures of your food uh, so that all your friends can see, why don't you invite a friend out to dinner? Wouldn't that be better? Sit down at a table, have a meal, have a drink, have a conversation, share your thoughts, share your feelings, share your fears, build a relationship, something that can endure, something that you have to put work and energy into. Seems to me that that is what life is all about. Diamonds are only made by taking coal and applying incredible pressure to them. So what does that tell you? You know, sometimes relationships, they're just meant to expire. Look, we're just coming to the realization that Facebook is not going to take care of us when we're older or concerned with the condition of our soul. Teen suicide is skyrocketing because of concierge bulldozer parenting where we've created this princess and the peace syndrome with our youth. It's also addicted to them to social media. It, yeah. There's a, all this talk about movements among young people, whether it's GameStop or other righteous movements. Right. You want a movement? Acknowledge that the food industrial complex wants to make you fat and vulnerable to, to viruses. If you want a movement, realize that every social media platform is trying to divide you and enrage you. You want a movement, Instagram is trying to make you feel worse about yourself. You want a movement, then rebel against addiction, divisiveness, and a lack of self-esteem. And it means going after these companies and holding them accountable for the damage they are doing to the Commonwealth and to our kids. You have kids, your world of work, your world of friends, your world of kids. Something comes off the tracks of one of your kids, your whole world shrinks down to those kids. It's because their brain has been rewired because of these goddamn devices.